It's in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Now, if you've been been around church for a bit, you're probably familiar with this story and uh, those two are are such uh, are used quite often in a lot of examples about personality types and disciplines and living a hurried life and those kind of things. And there's probably several there's several sermons in those five verses. And uh, rather than rather than look at um, maybe the the hurriedness of Martha or the 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 focus of Mary. Um, Let's 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 dive deeper than that. Let's 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 get a little bit like more into the depths of what Jesus exposes here, because Jesus has a way of of kind of like um, he handles a situation in a way that he goes right to the right to the root of things, um, and so that's what I want us to do this morning. So the overview is, is simple. Mary, uh, Martha hosts Jesus in her home. Uh, she has her sister Mary, who is not helping with any chores, and so some of you are still putting rivalry issues, you know, flourish a little bit whenever you read that. Um, Martha gets frustrated with Mary, and she gets frustrated with Jesus because uh, she thinks that he should be defending her by correcting Mary, and yet Jesus doesn't do that. And so she gets really frustrated with Mary, and then Jesus, and then Jesus has this really great way of exposing what's really going on here. In a way that's full of grace and truth, which is how he handles everything. And so, let's look a little bit closer at it. Look at, look at verse 40. So Mary's sitting there at the feet of Jesus, which is the, that's the, the posture of a disciple at that time. That's how, the, that when a rabbi was there and his disciples were there and he was teaching, they were seated at his feet. That's the, that's the, um, the understood thing. And so you would sometimes say like, oh, yeah, I studied at the feet of Jesus. That, that whole terminology is connected to what it means to follow a rabbi. And so he's in the house, he's teaching. She's seated there at his feet listening. She's not just being lazy. She's not sitting around doing nothing. She's doing that thing. Martha's off doing all kinds of other stuff. And look at verse 40. Listen to the angst in the verse. Martha was distracted with much serving. She went up to him and said, listen to the angst, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Now, where, where is this angst coming from? So I started thinking about that this week. I was like, okay, if I was to, if I was to like throw a modern like mindset, you know, let's just throw some guesses, some possibilities as to where this angst is coming from. Here's a couple of things. Um, could have been that approval of others, you know, that she's like, uh, I mean, it's my house and, you know, my house is a wreck. What are people going to think, you know? 
Are they going to talk about me later, about how messy things were, how I didn't have, you know, the right you know, appetizers or whatever, you know, whatever their customs were. Like, um, approval addiction is not really a new thing. It's, a, it's an old thing. And so maybe it was some of that. Maybe she was worried what people would think, what Jesus would think, what, what mom, her mom and dad would think. You know, there's no, there's no telling. Um, could have been that. It could have been that she's just said yes to too many things that week. And she just didn't have time. Anyone ever been there? Yeah? Um, you just suck, man, I've said yes to too much. And the last thing I have time to do is get the house ready for guests. Uh, the, the first weekend that John Bales and Aaron were in town, they like popped by my house. I don't know where y'all sitting. They like, they like stopped by my house and like knocked on the door. I was like, who's knocking on my door? And my house was such a wreck, I didn't even let them inside. I stood on the porch. We enjoyed a lovely Louisiana spring evening for about 15 minutes. Wouldn't even let them in. Because I had said yes to so much that week. The last thing I felt like doing was cleaning my house. And I did not want them to see it that way for the first time. Um, maybe some pre-existing issues with Mary. You know, like maybe there's a lot of beef going back to all kinds of stuff. You know, siblings are. And so maybe it just all came spilling out in this moment. Um, or it could have been some pre-existing stuff in other areas of life. And Mary was just just bearing the brunt of it in that moment. It may have had nothing to do with what was going on. You know, maybe that. Maybe she's trying to earn something or prove something. There are all these possibilities as to what was going on, but the text doesn't tell us that. So we kind of can't project all that stuff on there. We can make guesses, and that's fine. It could have been, could have been, could have been, and there's there's place for that. But what does the text tell us? I think that when you look at verse 40 again, the thing to key in on is this. When she says, um, Lord, do you not care? Lord, do you not care? This wasn't about Jesus's lack of correction. This was about the fact that she, she was convinced that he was not caring about what was going on. This was a character thing. Something similar happens when the, when the disciples are in the boat and the storm comes up and Jesus is like taking a nap, you know, praise God. Jesus is taking a nap and uh, they go and they wake him up because the, the boat's taking on water and they wake him up and they say, do you not care that we're perishing? And he's like, hold on, I'm just taking a nap. You ain't got to go after my character. What makes you think I don't care? I'm just tired. She looks at Jesus, Martha looks at Jesus and says, do you not care? That I'm doing all this and she's doing nothing. She goes after Jesus in this moment. And that is an indicator. She is thinking incorrectly about him. Not only about him, not only about his character, but also about the role that he plays in her life. There is all kind of incorrect thinking about Jesus in this moment for Martha. Now, in verses 41 and 42, Jesus gives the diagnosis for what's going on here. And I love a good Jesus diagnosis. Because he's right. You know? Your your doctor ever given you a diagnosis and you're like, I don't think you know what you're talking about. I was in the ER one time, uh, just once, and uh, like definitely had appendicitis. Like I've I've told this story before. Like I looked on WebMD and... (laughs) I watched an episode of Scrubs where they had a pain on the right side and I remembered it and I was like, I have appendicitis. And they were like, you don't have appendicitis. You'd be in way more pain. I'm like, I'll be the judge of how much pain I'm in. 
And they were ready to send me home. They're like, we'll do one more test. And they came back like, well, you have appendicitis. I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. Should have been a doctor. But a Jesus diagnosis, spot on all the time. And he doesn't just deal with behavior. That's one of the things I love about him. It's so easy, though, just to go right to behavior. It's like, well, stop doing this, start doing this. Easy. And there's a place for, there's a place for that in our lives. There's, there's a place for that in discussion. But, but you don't really see Jesus just dealing with the external. You see him, like, dealing with the internal. And that's the diagnosis I think we need to pay attention to. So she's distracted with a lot of serving. She says, why don't you care what's going on? And then he reads her mail. First, look at verse 41. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, two names. Don't not sure why, but it's piercing, you know. And he says, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary's chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Notice, notice that, there, that there's a progression in the story. The progression shows us behavior. Then it shows a, a, a negative, like emotional angst. And then it shows us where that's all coming from. So you have behavior on the outside, and then he starts to go inward to emotion, and then he goes all the way down to the core of it. So there's a belief in there. From our belief, we have these emotions and these behaviors, because they spring from somewhere. And so she's anxious and troubled. He says, you're anxious and troubled about many things. That's why you're behaving this way. That's why you're, you're distracted with all this serving. That's what's, what's going on. But he gets down to the core of the, of the problem. He says, here's, here's your big problem. Look at, look at what he says in 42. Or it's really 41 and 42. You're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. That's the, that's the, the, the seed of the story. That's the, the incorrect belief that is launching all, these, all this anxiety and all this trouble and launching all of this uh, frantic work and distraction and all this kind of stuff. It's coming from somewhere. Jesus says, says, we could fix the behavior. I could be like, quit sweeping the floor and come sit down like your sister. Okay, that'd be fixing the behavior. He could say, you're anxious and troubled about a lot. Don't worry about it. Don't stress. It's all going to be fine. That's trying to get the emotional thing curved, but... He's like, no, let's go all the way down to the bottom of it. And the bottom of it is, you don't think I'm necessary. Your sister knows that I'm necessary. That's, that's the problem. That's the diagnosis. It ain't the behavior, it's not the emotion. It's, are you believing something true? Or are you believing something false? So again, there's a belief that leads to emotion, that leads to behavior. So in her case, the belief is all these other things are necessary. Jesus is not necessary. That is leading to the emotion of being anxious and troubled about all kinds of things, which is leading her to be distracted with all this serving and all this kind of other stuff. It's all springing from that incorrect belief. And Jesus helps her see that. 
Now that pattern, there's a little side sermon here. That pattern, we walk in in all kinds of areas of life. This is one of those, one of those patterns that we see. Jesus does this like quite often with his disciples and with people he encounters. Is they are, they're, asking, they're asking more behavior questions or maybe emotion questions. And he's like, no, let's get down to belief. Let's get down to truth. Are you in touch with reality or not? That's what a lot of wrestling with the Lord is. Is it saying, well, I don't want to just modify my behavior or try to like feel better about things. I, want to, I need to get down to where is this all coming from. And the church is like, that's a part of what we're supposed to be doing for one another. It's helping to figure out what lies at the bottom of unhealthy emotions and unhealthy behaviors. What, what is the root lie that we are believing and what does Jesus have to say? Like if we were to dig up that lie and replace it with something true, what would the true thing be? Jesus is doing that all the time. We can do that for one another. And sometimes, like sometimes you can sit down with a friend, you can do that, but sometimes it's kind of hard to figure out. So we have pastors and ministers, and there are people here who would love to sit down and do that. And there are times when it's like, like no, like we, like we need to get with, with, a, with a, a counselor or someone else. And there's all these different, different resources throughout the church to help us do this thing. But this pattern is something that we all wrestle with. And there are times when you're sitting there and you're like, man, why, why can't I get out of this, this sin pattern or this habit? Or why can't I get out of this season of feeling this way? Or how come every time this happens, I feel this way? And there's all these things. And our world is throwing at us all kinds of solutions about changing your behavior and change this and change this and change this and feel better and all this kind of stuff, whatever. And Jesus is saying, I'll help you get to the bottom. I can give you the diagnosis that ain't, I'm not guessing. I'm knowing. Now, you might not want to know. You're like, you might not really like what I'm going to tell you. Remember the rich young ruler? And he's like, what do I need to do? And he's like, give up all your money. He's like, oh, <laughs> no thanks. But here, to get back to this one, notice that Jesus does not correct her behavior. He doesn't tell her, put a smile on your face, sunshine. It's okay. He doesn't deal with the emotions or the behavior. He's like, no, let me tell you, let me tell you the truth. And let me invite you into a new way of thinking. Let, let's let your life be transformed by the renewing of your mind, as Paul would say. So, instead of correcting her behavior, what is this new way of thinking he invites her to? Well, He does it in a very indirect way. Look again at 41. Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion will not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen to embrace what has been given to her. And you know what the gift is in this moment? Jesus is standing there. (laughs) Like he's just, he's standing there. Whenever, you're, whenever you see the word portion, it, it, it's a throwback to the Old Testament when God divided up the land. He said, this is the portion for your tribe and the portion for your tribe and the portion for your tribe. And it's, it's God saying, this is what I have for you. This is my gift to you. This is me fulfilling my promises to you. But it's also, you might recall that the, the Levites, he said, you guys don't get land. Your portion is me. It's me. And when Jesus shows up on the scene, he's like, guess what? Your portion is me. 
So Mary was believing that Jesus is necessary. And not in like this, not in like a cosmic, like meta kind of sense, not just for like salvation or anything like that. Jesus is necessary, like, uh, like oxygen is necessary. Like Jesus is necessary, like the, like the vine and the branches. Like a branch cannot live unless it's connected to the vine. Like Mary was dialed into the fact that he is more than just an option. He's just more than, you know, that kind of stuff. He's like, I, I will not live without him. Jesus says that ain't, that's not going to be taken away from her. She knows that in me, you live and move and have your being. And so that's where she's going to be. And so what, what Jesus does, instead of correct behavior or emotion, he holds out this option. He says, you think all these other things are necessary, but only one thing is necessary and it's me. So how about, how about you dig up that false belief that all those things are necessary and replace it with the, the truth that I alone am necessary and from that, let your emotional healing flow. From that, let your behavior patterns flow. Let's uproot that false way of thinking and replace it with what is true. And let's like, let the good portion be the good portion. He doesn't correct her and scold her. He just invites her into a new way of thinking. He invites her into his own life. And please just hear me, that's, like, that is the message of the Bible, as God is saying, come, come to me, I'm here for you. You are, like, you are my sons and daughters, like, to be with you is what I, that's what I, like, I have made a way, I'm, he's inviting us in. Are there, are there behavior patterns that we can change? Sure. Is there emotional issues to address? Absolutely. But at the very bottom of everything, it's Jesus holding out his life to us. That's one of the things I love about communion. And one reason why we went to having it every week is that everything that we're doing, everything you, you feel like God's drawing you into, is he's offering you himself. And when you stand in line and you, and you, you take the bread and you dip it in the juice, it's, it's Jesus offering his life to you. Say, this is my body broken for you, my blood poured out for you. Do you want what I'm offering? Do you want the good portion? And when we step up to the table, we say, absolutely, I want what you have for me. Only one thing is necessary. All those other things, they have their place in our lives. All those tasks, all the, all the stuff on our to-do list, all the expectations, all the relationships, all those things have a place. We're talking about a Jesus-first like life. That Christ is above all those things. He's above your spouse. He's above your kids. He's above your schedule and your job and your money and your to-do list and your hobbies and your sports and your kid's birthday party and your kid's friend's birthday parties. How many of those are there? Like he's above all of those things. And that is what he's inviting us to saying, let me be the good portion. And then when you go to do all those things, guess what you're going to be? Not a crazy maniac who's anxious and troubled about everything and yelling at Jesus, blaming him like it's his fault. He says, let me invite you into this and let me let transformation flow from there. Now, I could be here for a while, but I'm not going to do that. Let me say this very plainly. Some of you are Mary. I don't want you to, to, to feel like I'm assuming everyone in this room is a Martha, because I, I know that's not true. Some of you are Mary. And you need to be encouraged. You think Mary was encouraged? 
by her rabbi saying, hold on, hold on. That's not, that's not, well, that will not be taken away from her. Some of you need to let God's spirit just affirm the fact that you have been pursuing him. Some of you used to be a lot more like Martha. And there's been transformation in that direction. And so please know that uh, if that is you, let him encourage you. And let me be an encouragement to you that I know I can name people who sit at the feet of their Savior and choose the good portion and are then filled with his spirit to then go and knock out all the other things that life brings. I get it. But I'm guessing that some of you are, can identify a little bit more with Martha. Maybe that's just right now in a season of life. Maybe that's an all-the-time thing. I don't really know. I think that the bottom line, though, is do you think that Jesus is necessary? That's the, that's, I think, is the core of the story. Do you think he's necessary? Is he necessary the way that the trunk of a tree is to the branch in your life? And does your life reflect what, how you would answer that question? And if your life does not reflect that, then you probably have some soul searching to do. You probably have some questions to ask yourself. And know this, that there isn't, there isn't this big lag time between where you are and where you want to be. Jesus doesn't say, well, go get all your ducks in a row, go figure things out, kind of straight, you know, get a little, you know, iron out some of the wrinkles here, and then we'll talk some more. He's like, nope, come on, here I am. Let's do this right now. And so as we enter into a time of response to whatever he's stirring, communion will be one of those options, and know that it is him offering himself to you. That anyone that ever serves communion is just a representative of Jesus offering that to you, saying yes to him. You may want to come and pray at these steps. and Come on, that'd be great. We'll have Meg and John and Bruce down here on the front row too. They would love to pray with you if that's something. If you decide, I just need to talk to someone. I don't know what's going on, something stirring within me. I just need some objective ears. They would love, love to receive you there. You can give financially. You can sing. There would be a lot of things going on. But let me just encourage you to consider the fact That the one necessary thing in your whole life, that the good portion, he's standing in the room with you. That's the crazy part about the story is it's not like Jesus was like somewhere else. He was with them. He's here with us too. Not bodily, but he is with us in spirit. And he is looking at us and saying, hey, Choose the good portion. Choose me. I'm necessary and I'm, I'm on board. Let's do this. So as we respond in different ways, I encourage you to do business with the Lord. And if you don't know what that looks like, if you've never even talked to Jesus before, we'd love to be a part of helping you figure out what that looks like. But you don't have to leave here with, that, with anything undone. So let me pray for us and we're going to enter into that time of response in those different ways. Um, as the band comes back up, let me pray. Let me first just ask you that question. Do you, do you think that Jesus is necessary?
No matter where you may be on us, if, if Mary and Martha are a spectrum on one end or the other, no matter where you are in there, the invitation into his life is the same. And he says, come to me, all who are weary, burdens, I'll give you rest. Get into the yoke with me, like get into this relationship with me. I'll bear the burden. Learn from me. He is offering his life to us, inviting us in. Jesus, as we as we sing and pray and receive communion and give, whatever it may be. Uh, this text was for us this morning in some capacity. And it varies around the room. And so I ask that you help us to not think about what's going to happen after this service is done or where we got to go next and what we got to do today and all that. We're, we're here together. We're here to meet with you. And so may these moments help us to know what to do process this. We just want to receive everything you have for us. We love you. Pray this in your name. Amen. The table is open. Uh, You just come when you're ready as we sing.